Hello and welcome to the Succession Easters. The Succession Easters! <laughs> a weekly podcast recapping and discussing the award-winning HBO TV show Succession. I'm Mike Munzer, a producer, podcaster and Succession obsessive. And I'm Anna Bogutska, a writer, podcaster and Succession superfan. And on the show, we will be taking you through the highs, lows and even lower lows of the Roy family saga every single week. We'll be recapping every episode of Succession's fourth and final season, which is airing right now on HBO in the US and Sky and Now TV in the UK. And this week, we'll be diving into season four, episode two, Rehearsal. This is not the end. I'm going to build something better. Something faster, lighter, leaner, wilder. And I'm going to do it from in here, where do you are. You fucking pirates! So, Mike, let's keep it cheap and cheerful. In the words of Logan Roy, yeah. Uh huh. Who I'm identifying with more and more as the season progresses. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. What were your overall thoughts on this episode? I liked this episode a lot. It was dramatic. It was frustrating. It was hilarious. It was tragic. It sort of gave me everything I wanted from a classic Succession episode. And it feels like everything is bubbling under the surface just about to explode because we're on the brink of a lot of big things happening, right? It's the night before Connor's wedding. It's also the night before uh, the big Gojo deal is supposed to be happening. And all kinds of things are threatening to ruin both of those events in this episode. So we've got Logan, who is kind of turning all of his attention towards ATN now that he knows that that's what he's going to have after he sells Waystar. He comes in like a tyrant, kind of wanting to make some big, big changes to ATN. And we'll discuss that as we go. However, the deal with Gojo is suddenly threatened because Sandy and Stewie think that they can squeeze more money out of the Swede and they want to vote no at the board meeting the next day on making this deal. However, they need more people to join them in that vote, so they get in touch with Shiv, and they want to persuade the three Roy siblings to join them in voting no on this Gojo deal. Of course, because the siblings are idiots, they end up kind of agreeing to do this, to uh, essentially stop this Gojo deal from happening, even though they're not going to benefit from that because they need the money, the 10 billion to buy Pierce, right? Which I'm assuming they won't have without this deal. But because they're idiots, they decide they're going to ruin this Gojo deal to screw over their dad, as usual. Meanwhile, all this is happening while Connor is preparing for his wedding the next day. The wedding rehearsal is happening happening and Willa has had a bit of a meltdown. Willa has left him midway through the rehearsal dinner uh, so the siblings kind of take Connor on a little night out they take him for one of the most depressing and awkward karaoke nights that I've ever seen and everything comes to a head at the end of the episode in this karaoke booth where Logan turns up trying to persuade the siblings to go ahead with the Gojo deal and of course they want to screw him over. So that's kind of how everything comes to a head leaving it on this sort of cliffhanger of what are we going to see actually play out the next day so I thought it was really fascinating there's a lot to unpick what about you what did you think well beautifully summarized as always Mike it both exhilarating and kind of infuriating at the end I found myself at the end screaming you fucking idiots at the screen yeah yeah. Because, you know, we'll get into where each character starts and where they end up, but there are some significant get togethers in this episode. There's the Sibs and Connor mm-hmm. having probably the most uh, substantial conversation that they've had since the penultimate episode of season three, when, you know, it's uh, the interve- Kendall's intervention. And Connor has that explosive moment of like, no, actually, I'm the first son. Right. And there is uh, another big conversation at the very sad karaoke between Logan and the Sibs as well. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of intense emotions in this episode. And at the same time, the move that is brewing of voting against the sale to Gojo seems so 
unnecessary oh. that I was really struggling with my allegiance to the sh- to the Sibs because yeah. I simply do not understand how you can get slapped around so hard by Logan and then you keep getting opportunities to get out mm-hmm. and then no one's pulling you back in. No one's pulling you back in. And you keep tr- engineering fucked up scenarios that yep. put you back in a position of getting slapped around by Logan. So I simply do not... I mean, either this is like... Uh, you know, I know trauma narratives are the rigor right now, but either this is just an extreme reaction of characters who just go back to be punched some more. Yeah. Or they are the dumbest people <laughs> we have ever seen on the screen. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? It is. They are humble. And, and I, I would say, you know, I mean, Roman too, but particularly Shiv and Kendall, right? Again, it's mm-hmm. really Shiv and Kendall pulling the idiot strings in this episode as they were last <laughs> week. And yeah, you're right. Like, I think it's a bit of both in what you said. I think it is. These are deeply in a way, damaged people from the abuse and the trauma they have suffered at the hands of their father. But they are also incredibly dumb, right? And they just, they are making decisions because they think it will be funny, slash they think it's going to fuck up things for their dad. They're so obsessed with killing their own father, basically, that they don't realise that they are all on this destructive path. Like, you know, it really does feel like they're doubling down on this being the last season. It really does feel like they're doubling down on this idea that all of them are headed for destruction. Like, it's like all three of these Roy kids and partic- and maybe Logan too are all headed for a really tragic end, I think, at the end of this season. Because you're right, everything they do, it's like what are you doing? We know this is not going to go well. So, I don't know, should we start with Logan? Because we do start the episode with him and his not very customary visit to the headquarters of ATN, which is the news channel that he's going to keep that's going to be outside of the sale to Gojo. So Waystar is being sold off, but he's Mm -hmm. carved out ATN uh, the news challenge that's still going to be his. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is, in the words of Greg, stalking <laughs> around the ATN office. Mosing uh, and- terrifyingly. Yeah. <laughs> Most terrifying. And Greg describes him as he's wearing sunglasses inside, like if Santa Claus was a hitman. So like if he were Jaws, but everyone in the movie worked for Jaws. <laughs> I absolutely love this scene, and like I tell you what, Brian Me Cox. Too. Like I just love watching Brian Cox go go for it in these scenes, and when he gets up and gives the speech, it is it's oh. both terrifying and exhilarating and entertaining and you can and and sort of rousing but oh my god he's like a madman in this sequence isn't he logan he's absolutely terrifying do you know what i got a sense of in this scene is so there's a lot of um conversation especially from the sibs about that logan has lost his business acumen that he's making a deal that he uh, a previous younger logan would not have made because he would have squeezed more money out of the swede Mm -hmm. um and here, I think we get a real glimpse of a Logan that we have not yet seen. Right. The kind of rapidly inspiring Logan. And I'm, I'm using inspiring not in a kind of, you know, oh my God, I want to be just like him. It's more like, no, he has this ability to rouse people. And the things he's saying are kind of nonsensical. <laughs> but yeah. God damn it, the way he says them is like, yeah, yeah, I'm a fucking pirate, Logan. Yeah. I'm going to be on this ship with you, the ship of misinformation. Let's do it. It's amazing. It's enraging. Like, you, you know, the camera pans around to people and, you know, obviously he gets Tom to introduce him. And I think it's kind of like a deliberate contrast because Tom is so... So weak. So, so meek <laughs> yeah. in the way that he talks to people. He doesn't really have that much to say. He doesn't really have any real power. He fucking knows it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's very evident. Then Logan stands up and it's, you know, Every single word is violent and aggressive Mm. and rousing. Like, he talks like he's the captain of a pirate ship. Like, there's some real, you know, black beard shit going on here. Yeah. And it was just this really 
nice glimpse of like, oh yeah, that's how he got people on board mm-hmm. when you know he was becoming Logan Roy. Totally, I agree with you. That is exactly what I thought too. That this is the first time we see maybe what Logan Roy used to be like back in the day when he was more directly involved with you know the stuff he was doing with his employees and that kind of thing. These days we just see him sitting in boardrooms with you know his own team, mm-hmm. and yes, yeah, seeing him on the on the floor amongst the people absolutely terrifying and sinister but also like you said kind of weirdly and rapidly is perfectly put inspiring it is it's such a great scene and i love brian cox goes a little bit more scottish when he goes in this mode as well oh yeah you tell me you know i'm terrible with recognizing yeah um, regional accents does he go more scottish he does he does he and and like it's not it's it's feels deliberate right i mean because of course the character of logan is also scottish originally and mm. and it, it he definitely these sorts of moments he goes more and more scottish which i, I kind of love that like character quirk about him as well um yeah i just think what a brilliant bravura performance in this logan is kind of he's he's one of my faves throughout this whole episode i think like yeah. every scene he has is brilliant um and yeah then amongst that kind of speech because basically his whole thing is I want to make ATN better, right? He's like, now that my yes. kids are going to own the rival news corpor- uh, corporation, I want to be on top with ATN. I want to be faster, lighter, meaner, wilder, spicier. <laughs> I love that he uses the word, you know, spicier Spice. to refer to the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> spicier. One of the other changes, one of the other decisions he wants to make to make ATN spicier is that he, assumedly, I have, I, I'm assuming he has fired the... Uh, uh, testicle in a toupee um, from last week <laughs> and uh, he wants to get his well his assistant Kerry very much wants a job as a news anchor right and sent a kind of demo mm-hmm. tape in and she is not very good right and I think oh, there is dear. this initial realization from everyone beneath Logan Tom and Greg and you know everyone else that she's not great she's become a bit of a laughing stock based on her demo tape and Logan who kind of forced them to give her a job then has to kind of backtrack but not be involved directly right what did you think of this and and kind of Carrie's story arc throughout this episode so Carrie's story throughout the entire show is quite interesting mm, and the rise of Carrie yeah, right yeah <laughs> and i'm going to bring this back to costumes as well because mm. I was thinking about Carrie. I've watched this episode several times and i was reading kind of looking at previous uh Carrie appearances and she there's the assistants there in the show are very fun. So there's Jess, the long-suffering assistant to Kendall, and her kind of side eyes are fantastic as reaction mm. shots. But she doesn't really make herself known very much. And Carrie, over season three especially, uh, and there was inklings of this in season two very, very early on during the peer storyline. But in season three is when she properly really starts to make herself noticeable. You can see this in her costumes as well, which really go from kind of gray, different variations of gray and black outfits. Very, I'm in the background. I'm here mm-hmm. to serve Logan. I will appear when he needs something. I'm not going to have any lines outside of that. What's interesting about Carrie is that she not only laughs along with Logan, which we never have really seen Logan share jokes with anyone outside of her, and also she is very happy to humiliate the siblings. So she's very happy to do his bidding, even when it means putting Kendall in a danky room in a basement while his father walks away just to humiliate him. And in this episode, when she when she says, do you want me to, you know, ream them out? Mm. It's like she's almost like his advisor, his potential lover, definitely lover, but also his like dog. Yes. As in like she will be there to pounce at people. And the way that she talks to Greg, oh, it's great. who is given the unenviable task of letting her down easy about her audition tape or I wasn't super clear on whether there was this was just an audition tape or whether it was actually on air because I think it was actually on air. Yes, because the Roy siblings watched it, right? Yeah. From their yeah. wherever their house is. So yeah, like it actually went out that that sort yeah. of demo or pilot or what 
whatever you'd want to call it of her. Yeah, like she she had a little slot on the news. Yes. And and again, even the outfit, that's like bright pink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very, uh, very colorful. And she's been wearing kind of these very colorful blue mauve pink outfits, like pantsuits mm-hmm. uh, for a while now. And when she's kind of put back in her place is when she goes back to the black outfit, white blouse right. element. And there's this sad very contained sense of disappointment on her face and she even walks away from logan and gets in a different car when he when they leave the karaoke so carrie is getting well carrie got her betrayal cherry popped right like the sips refer to exactly that exactly that yeah but she is you know she is the the person who thinks that she is on the right side of logan and that being on the right side of logan will last indefinitely and that she can maneuver that into getting what she really wants but ultimately logan won't have the actual balls to tell her no directly he'll just send someone else to do that and he's done that with the sibs as well like he it's only after the end of what season Two, that he actually tells Kendall, nah, it was never going to be you, son. Exactly, exactly. And that's only after he's literally decimated Kendall mm-hmm. as a human being. Yeah, no, you're so right. It's going to be interesting to see where Kerry is at now at the end of this episode. Now that she knows that she's sort of been, like you said, popped her betrayal cherry, is she going to continue being his most loyal kind of sidekick or is she going to sort of turn away from Logan I wonder and and think about how this is going to benefit her from now on you know exactly. um, I wonder I wonder um and you know again those moments with Logan cuz Logan goes from we get to see the different sides of Logan in this one episode and and that kind of rabid monster that we see at the beginning at ATN and then the way that he manipulates Tom into having to fire Kerry just with his eyes basically like literally just with his eyes it's so good the way that he just stands there silently looking at Tom as Tom kind of goes yeah maybe she's not ready yet maybe she needs a bit more work you know like all of that I just love that whole sequence as he just watches and nods slowly you know (laughs) I think for anyone that has ever been an assistant to a powerful person, mm-hmm. you can relate. And I think Tom is very much, and I know Tom is the head of ATN, but he is oh, not behaving he's a like the head of anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that just like, yeah, I'm just going to try to read your body language and eye cues (laughs) and try to navigate the different layers of disappointment that I'm reading right now by me not knowing what you're thinking exactly. So good. It's so good. Uh, And Logan getting cross about the pizzas, you know, when there's already perfectly good pie as well. Amazing. Can we talk about this? I picked up several little throwaway lines that Logan says about, you know, like, oh, I wonder what the aircon bill is for the ATN offices because they're Mm -hmm. like a big kind of, you know, like it's like an aircraft airport. (laughs) Yeah, an aircraft hangar. Yeah. It's like really big ceilings. And then he's wandering around and being like, This motherfucker has sent one email. (laughs) One email. To be fair, that is probably something that I would also do. Oh my God, so terrifying as well. And we've all been in that situation where we're sitting there working away and then the boss is suddenly looking over our shoulder at what we're doing on our screen, right? Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he calls them clock punchers. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which is is a very, you know, I've worked in those kind of offices where you kind of see, you have a kind of Mexican standoff with people Mm. being like, we've all finished our work for the day oh. but no one wants to no, leave no one wants to do looks, the walk of shame yeah it looks bad if you leave at your allotted time so you're just gonna stay another hour just to pretend like you're so busy god i hate that so, <laughs> so much toxic. i hate that attitude yeah but it's but so yeah, true we've all had that situation why, yeah why is logan so cheap he's really stingy maybe that's how Jesus. he got where he was right maybe that's just how he is it's really interesting or is it a recent thing because he's panicking about mm. money well no because he's mm. about to make a multi-billion dollar deal but yeah it's it's he's gone back to what i feel like exactly like you said it's like this is probably the 
Logan that we that he was like 40 years ago, right? He's going back to boss on the floor, Logan, you know, cutting costs, keeping an eye yeah. on the numbers, on what everyone's doing. So funny. Yeah, I loved all of that. Greg's saying that there's a sog factor with the pies. Like, <laughs> I mean, really... he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's I totally get wrong. where he's coming from. You'd always, I'd always go pizzas over pies if they're going to be sitting out in an office in a box, you know? Like, yeah. yeah and also, I just don't, no, I fully don't even understand pies. Savory pies. No, it's no, just no. no. And not as, o- no. not as office food either. That's very weird. Yeah, that's very weird. weird choice. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Logan, again, really interesting in that final scene. Do we want to talk about Logan now in the karaoke booth scene or should we save that to the end? Because we see a sort of another side of Logan at that moment as well, don't we? I think Logan does a feeling. He does a feeling. It's a kind of groveling Logan, <laughs> but is it really, right? Or is it a play? So let's talk about this now, I think. And then we can talk about the sibs yeah. because. Just before we get to the karaoke scene, we see a board meeting room uh, scene where it's just Logan, Jerry, Hugo and Carrie comes in, offers to ream the sips. But he's like, no, this is delicate. They actually can fuck me over this time. So we need to plan this very carefully. So that's all planned. I think it's all completely planned. I think the only reason he goes to talk to them, like, Logan is a proud man, like, toxically proud man. He doesn't apologize. He would never even, you know, bring himself down to that level unless something of the business was at stake. And now that it is, he goes to a goddamn karaoke booth. (laughs) With bad lighting. He has to sit there in bad lighting that might give him a seizure. And yeah, and apologize to his idiot kids, right? And But you're right. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Of course he does. He knows his children. He knows that probably, even though they were laying into him in that scene, that is going to play on their minds now that he has apologized that you know Mm -hmm. he's called them not real people and of course it's worked because of the how he ends up with roman at the end of the episode as well right like he got what he wanted he's once again zeroed in on the weakest link yes and by weakest link i mean not that roman is the weakest one of the sips but it's the one you know roman and logan's relationship is the least broken one because you know things that he's done to the even in this episode itself he's fucking with the kids mm-hmm. he apologizes for the for the, <laughs> the helicopter, helicopter incident yeah. which is you know phenomenal <laughs> so like good. just like, what do you mean we're not authorized we are the company it's like the fact that they could also i mean how does this work that they can just still continue using the pjs yeah continue using the company helicopters be flying around and doing all these maneuvers are they still on the waystar payroll didn't they like didn't they quit right they're setting up a whole they just bought peers why are they still using company resources when they're out like very very out yeah they are as he says they are dopes right they are (laughs) fucking dopes like they they absolutely are and the sense of entitlement they have to to both use that business for their own ends and then also want to destroy it and their father in turn it's like yeah they are absolute idiots i almost found myself siding with logan by by the end of this episode right oh god yeah yeah it's so interesting but But you're right you know roman not necessarily the weak one but definitely the one he has this in common with connor i think where he would rather everyone just get along almost you know like i think roman despite all of his reviewer and and ripping the shit out of people constantly he actually wants his family to be a family i think doesn't he as well and uh, he hates these kind of awkward encounters doesn't he absolutely hates them and i thought it was very you know just in the in the helicopter scene the reaction to this to this little this little joke by logan Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. each one of the sibs was very was very emblematic of each one of their personalities right shiv absolutely furious really angry it's another (laughs) way that logan has fucked with her and we'll get to the big horrible thing that happens to her in this episode kendall is almost amused he's like laughing at the air he's now decided to become a buddhist which of course makes complete (laughs) sense with him just be water just be water he's he's buddha and tom ford's which is kendall (laughs) in a nutshell and then roman is inconvenience like he is just annoyed and he's taking it out on anyone that is not 
Logan.、Mm-hmm. You know, he takes it out on the intermediary from the company who's telling him they're not allowed to get on,、mm. but he doesn't even consider to be mad at Logan. So I don't think you know when he's the only one who sends Logan a birthday message as well, which becomes a huge betrayal.、Um, but shall we talk about the? The sibs. Let's talk about the sibs because you, you know, we had one week, Anna, one week of these siblings acting like they might be a united front, like they might be a unit.、Uh, the thing that we we've all discussed as being the the best thing for all of them is to be a team. And already by episode two, we see all three of them betray each other in different ways. Right? <laughs> secret phone calls. We've got a secret phone call to Sandy and Stewie with Shiv. We've got a secret phone call、uh, with Matson、um, for Kendall. We've got secret texts to Logan by Roman, and then even Roman potentially joining him at ATM by the end of the episode. Like they all. Are idiots, aren't they? And poor Connor really suffers in this episode as well. We'll get to Connor, but yeah, they.、Uh, how did you feel about the three sibs in this episode? I just, I texted you this, and I was like, "Why are they so fucking dumb? Why are they so <laughs> goddamn stupid?" I、mm-hmm. just. Okay, so let's break this down. Also, forgot to mention betrayal by Connor as well. Yes. Yes. Like, okay, go, okay, but a sort of transparent betrayal because he's like, yeah, guys, he's like, oh yeah, that was I've texted him, I've texted Pop, yeah, <laughs> he's on his way, yeah. Okay, so let's break let's break all these little mini betrayals down. Yeah. So yeah. On the one hand, Shiv, Shiv gets fucked over by Logan in a really nasty way because Logan gives the the divorce move that he used on. Their mother, Lady Caroline, to Tom, and Tom has engaged or retained every single top dog lawyer in Manhattan, and Shiv is devastated and furious. And again, my dad, once again, outsmarted by Tom, yeah, humiliated, humiliated, yeah, poor. And that's a, it's. We keep、I'm、using、not. this word with Shiv, don't we? But humiliated again, like it feels like she's being humiliated week on week in every way imaginable. And yeah, you just. The, the fury and upset that is just emanating from Shiv throughout、mm. this episode, and Sarah Snook's performance, like in her eyes, and like she is just, she feels like she is on the edge, right by the by this、yeah. episode, and it's that pre-credit、yeah. sequence where she finds out every lawyer has been has been taken, and and yeah, she is just, you can see it on her face, like she's at the brink of crying slash screaming with rage. It feels like throughout this entire episode, you know, she's really at her wit's end. So while I still think she's being An idiot, Shiv. Out of all of them, I can sort of see where she's coming from. In just like she just wants to do anything to kind of screw over Tom slash her dad, and 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 feel like she has some semblance of power in this situation. I think, but this is Shiv's undoing in general. Yeah. And Logan、yeah. called this in way back in season two, I think. Yeah, when he said that she runs hot, she and she will react. Instinctively、mm. and, and emotionally, I, I suppose. I, I、yeah. don't want to use the word emotionally because it's so heavily like gendered and has a lot of connotations about like, oh, women are being hysterical. No,、right. it's not that. Like she, she's so angry, rightfully so, but she does not stop for even a beat、mm-hmm. to think or consider, even to let that go.、Mm. So she is so prone to mixing. Her personal reaction or vendetta. She did the same with、um, with Gil and with Nate. You know the way that she reacts to one setback or one disagreement. She's not as strategic for herself as she is for other people, which is very frustrating to see in her. And the way she almost immediately makes the phone call to Sandy, Sandy Junior, to like. Open back up the conversation about pushing back on the acquisition、mm-hmm. of Waystar. Is again, why are you doing this? Because you're the one who's gonna get fucked, Shiv. She's thinking very, very short term, and it's devastating to see. And also, just to add on Sarah Snook's performance, love her. I cannot say enough good things about her.、Mm-hmm. She is such a great mouth actress. So good. The way she purses her lips, and the way that you can see that she's 
she almost wants to cry or scream, like you said, and her mouth is like trembling and her jaw is clenched. Yeah. There is so much acting going on with like the lower half of her face. Like even if you take her eyes out of it, you know exactly what she's feeling. She is genuinely one of the most incredible faces yeah. I've seen in such a long time. Couldn't agree more. Like they, I, we're really getting to see so many of the actors really shine, I think, so far in this particular last season. Like I feel like they've all been amazing from the start but it does feel like jeremy strong is kind of the one that everyone focuses on and celebrates throughout most of this show but i feel like so far this season jeremy strong has kind of taken a bit of a step out of the limelight and and it and it we really have been spending time a bit more with people like shiv and roman and logan and and Mm. and giving these actors such an interesting turn and an opportunity to show us just how good they are you know and Shiv is the one who plants the idea again into the group isn't she yes. she's the one who's like I think we should ba- push back on this and firstly her brothers are both like we're done with this no we're not gonna do this and then oh. Kendall caves oh god after the, it's the stupidest decision of the whole episode right Kendall receives that sneaky phone call from Matson. Matson literally tells him look if you push me on this I will pull out and this deal will not happen. And that is what persuades Kendall to want to join up with Sandy and Stewie because he he just wants to ruin this deal, right? So I wanted to ask you, because I've watched this three times and I'm still thinking like, what the fuck, Kendall? Yeah. Kendall has, so Roman also has an off-screen conversation with Matson because mm. he says, I've spoken to Matson. I know he's not going to give any more money. We should not push this. R- Kendall then speaks to Matson. We see that phone call. Yeah. By the way, you know, off-screen King Alexander Skarsgård just like <laughs> munching, munching on gummy bears and soda, and he's like, "Sure, yes, yes, Love only it. you can do this." Love it. Anyway, and still look that way. Yeah. And he explicitly tells him, "Dude, I'm not gonna." give any more money i will walk he will sell the company but to someone else and you've just bought an old lady's newspaper business so you do want the money like i do not recommend you vote against this and immediately immediately after that kendall switches asks for the numbers from stewie and then is on Shiv's side that they should vote no on the acquisition. What is it? Mike, wh- why? I really don't what? know. The, the, what That phone call <laughs> when, when Matson says, I will pull out, this deal will not go through if you push me. And Kendall smiles as well. Like he smiles and slowly walks back into that bar knowing exactly what he needs to do. Why does he do it? Is he just, again, just self-destructing? Like I just don't understand. Like he... It's purely to kill his dad. That's all he wants to do, right? He wants to kill kill his father. But this is the thing that I don't understand. This won't kill their fathers. No. Like, it won't do anything. It will just affect them. It's just going to annoy his dad and inconvenience him for, for however long. Yeah, but it's not going to kill him. It's not going to kill his business yeah. or anything. If anything, they're the ones that are at risk because if they don't get that payout, they don't have any mo- They don't have $10 billion to buy no. peers. No, no. That whole thing will fall through. It's so weird. I don't... Yeah, you're right. Like, what is he thinking? Th- I think he's just not thinking. I think he's he's clearly in a, in, a, in a bad place right now, Kendall, where he is just so focused on what can I do that is the opposite to what my dad wants to happen? Oh. What can I do to make the opposite happen? Regardless of whether or not it benefits me, basically. And yeah, that that is the decision I can't get my head around. Why Kendall... <sighs> chooses to do this it's very very strange so then you've got once again as with last week the united front of the older siblings shiv and kendall being like i think we should do this i think we should do this we should team up with sandy and stewie Mm -hmm. and romans again being the one that's like really what like don't we we need this money we want to buy pierce don't we want to you know do something for ourselves i thought we were done with this and but then bless him roman eventually does go along with what his older siblings persuade him to do right reluctantly and it's it's yeah it's 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 almost the same thing playing out again it's so frustrating to watch (laughs) it really is and also they you know roman gets kind of a little bit bullied into it by them because they Mm. even go through his phone they're like you know oh we don't feel great about this betrayal the betrayal being that Roman sent their dad a birthday message and I love this line of Kendall being like you know it's a bit warm 
It's like, what? Yeah. It take care? It's a bit warm. What take would you like care. me to do? Happy birthday. I hope you fall down a flight of stairs. Love, Roman. <laughs> Is Roman ultimately going to make the decision to leave them, though, and join ATN? Wow. You know, would actually that be the best decision for Roman? I don't know. So maybe we should talk about that last scene. I yeah. found that last scene to be so frustrating, but also actually um, a bit less so than with the others, because I think... Roman, at least, you know, in the two episodes of the season we've seen so far, has had a little bit more self-awareness and wherewithal, where he can see these things and he's like, this is not good. Mm -hmm. And even when he goes to meet Logan, he when he sees this, the spiel and the, the manipulation start to come out of his mouth, he's like, I think I should go. He knows mm. exactly where this is going. He also knows exactly what he wants to hear. And he knows that Logan is going to tell him exactly what he wants to hear. But he also now knows better not to trust him. Yeah. But he doesn't trust himself to not fall for it. And again, there's this wonderful, I think Kieran Culkin is great with body language oh yeah like the way that his entire like shoulders just hunch up and he he's like sort of hairline even kind of moves back because he's mm. so he knows what's going on and he knows that he's not strong enough to withstand this seduction by mm -hmm. his dad mm -hmm. where he's like oh i don't want you roman it's more i need you yeah fuck off logan oh my god it is horrifying and honestly i don't know what's gonna happen because we've never seen roman be kind of so self-aware he's not been betrayed by his dad and his family in the way that he was at the end of the previous season and something has clearly changed yeah. in the last two episodes he's been the one who's like no let's let's talk about this together no let's do something of our own no, let's let let's let Connor sit at the table while we discuss this meeting. He's got a stake in it, even if he doesn't have a seat at the board. You know, he's the one who's been like, no, let's do this properly mm -hmm. and let's talk about things. And he's aware of stuff. And he's like, no, I spoke to Matson. No, I don't want to. I don't want to fuck dad. I don't want. I just want out. I want to get my money. I want to do my own thing. He's been so clear in this, and we don't see why he goes to see Logan. I'd you know I'd be curious for like th to see those text messages, but he's he's also the one who's like no you need to apologize for the thing that happened in Italy and all the stuff with mom and all these things it's like no I'm very clear on this but I really hope that next episode or over the next few episodes we don't see Roman go back to where he was before because that would be disappointing yeah. that would be really sad for me because. He's the character who's less stuck mm. at the moment and putting himself back in the, the Logan sand pit mm -hmm. would just be such a massive step back for him. And honestly, probably not that fun to watch because it would be kind of like, honestly, you lot just go fuck off. Like you're beyond yeah. repair. Mm. I don't even want to watch you make these mistakes anymore because you keep doing the same thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's interesting. Uh, but at the same time, I sort of I sort of agree with what Logan is saying. Logan is like, you're not Pierce. You're ATN, right? I, he's, he's like, the I need... hundred. Yeah, yeah, he's the hundred. Yeah, he is the hundred, actually. But he, you know, Logan says, look, I need a ruthless fuck at ATN. Mm. And, and he Logan... knows exactly what to tell him. He does. And, and in a way, I feel like that is actually, of course, he's manipulating Roman. But also, he's probably telling the truth there that maybe he does need somebody like Roman at the top of ATN. Um, but... I think at this point, I, I agree with you, like, it will be really sad to see Roman go back into being his dad's, you know, lackey again. Um, but at the same time, I kind of feel like I want what's best for Roman now at this point, because I feel like his siblings are not doing him any favours either. This is the thing. And uh, yeah, would it be interesting to see Roman as the rival you know head of news network to shiv potentially you know in a world where shiv is head of pierce and roman is head of atn it could be quite fun to see but i don't know i don't know if that's going to be where it goes it's going to be so interesting to see and also there's this kind of personal element to it too where mm -hmm. i can't wait for next week i'm so excited because <laughs> it's it's the meat it's the gojo stuff potentially that might now be off and it's the wedding, right? It's and, Connor's wedding. And Roman's like, and Logan's like, let's go see Matson tomorrow. And Roman's like, but it's Connor's wedding. And Logan just gives him a look to be like, we're not, 
we're not going to that, basically. Like, uh, is Logan not going to go to his son's wedding? And is Roman also going to make the decision to not go and join his dad at this Matson meeting as well? It's going to be so interesting to see. I'm very excited because it, it always goes back to this decision, right? From the very first episode of the first season of personal versus what's mm. good for the business versus what's good for the family, right? So yeah. same as Logan shamed kendall for coming to his birthday party and then again shamed him for not coming to his birthday party well shamed all of them yeah. i mean this man does mm-hmm. wants everything and nothing at the same time um <laughs> yeah he's like very happy to ignore his eldest son wedding in order to go and secure this deal and roman actually you know and we should talk about connor next because roman is the one who pushes the other sibs to go attend the rehearsal you know, to yep. go sip a few martini passive aggressos. And like, <laughs> yeah. he knows they're late. He's the only one who's like, you know, sorry, we're late. He's the only one who seems to, you know, notice that Willa is running off quite distressed. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I think she might not be coming back. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I think that will be, I think you're right. I think that'll be a crucial point for Roman. And I really, really hope that actually what we see is Roman a decision, making a decision for himself and not for his dad. Yeah. Like, I think we'll yeah. know if Logan does have that meeting with Matson and he's doing it alone or with Carrie or mm-hmm. Tom and Roman is at Connor's wedding. He will have mm. staked something of his own. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to do things differently. I'm still going to be a ruthless fuck, mm-hmm. but not on Connor's wedding day. Yes, exactly. I can't wait to see because because like I said earlier, like Roman is the one that does seem to be showing this family loyalty in a way more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be the ultimate test of his family loyalty, isn't it? Is he going to sack off his brother's own wedding for his own ends, basically? Or for Logan's ends, even worse, you and know? And what about Connor and Willa? This might be one of my favourite Connor episodes. I think that he was really great in this. And I yeah. I felt genuinely sad for Connor by the end of the episode. Um, oh my God. The moment where he says, the good thing about having a family that doesn't love you is that you learn not to need love. It's oh, honestly... Connor. He, what does he say? He calls, his, he calls his siblings needy love sponges. And he's like, and I'm like a plant, a plant that grows in rocks and eats insects that die inside of me. And, and, he, and he said, you know, I don't need love. It's my superpower. It's so oh unbelievably sad. I might actually cry right I, now. It's so sad. I know. So yeah, it's the, it's the night before the wedding. It's the wedding rehearsal. And we arrive late with the siblings right and at that point like you said willa is is kind of willa's so brilliant by the way but this moment where she's kind of she's a little bit kind of like wired and you can see she's being emotional and she's trying to kind of laugh through it and she's like oh i'm just going out i don't need to be here tonight do i blah 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 um roman knows that something's wrong he's like uh what and and, uh, it turns out he's also like i'll take her i've got enough money yeah i know i think he actually (laughs) loves willa doesn't he roman um he makes a few comments in this where he's like connor you can't do better than than willa like keep her you know um but yeah he uh, when they arrive, it, it turns out that she was getting up to give her speech in the rehearsal and then, and then announced, I can't do this, and ran to the bathroom for 45 minutes with her mm-hmm. so-called friends, as Connor puts it. I mean, let's not over-romanticize Connor and Willa's relationship because, you know, clearly it's sort of a transactional thing that's evolved. I think there is care. I don't think this is what mm. Willa wants, but also she also knows that she probably won't do better. And yeah. The other thing as well is like Connor is tracking her phone the oh, entire yeah. night. He's yeah. literally looking at his phone and seeing where she is. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, it's it's all kind of weird. It's all sorts oh, of weird. It's all levels of weird. You're right. And you can totally understand. You know, there's part of me that is like, yeah, get the fuck out, Willa, just while yeah. you can. Like, absolutely go for it. Escape the night before. It is know, a very sweet do. moment, though, when they reunite. Oh, and then when Connor comes back to the house and he, I think, is fully expecting her to be gone and that he's not getting married tomorrow. And instead he finds her in their bed and he just sort of, you know, spoons her fully clothed on the bed. And it's really sweet. It's re- it's silent. And it's sort of like, yeah, you know, I had a wobble and, you know, I'm back. I'm back here for good. We're doing yes. this. And, and the fact that Connor is maybe a little bit more self-aware than I thought, where he he basically knows that it's transactional mm. and that he's 
potentially marrying into a completely loveless marriage and he's okay with that he's like like you know i don't need love even if mm. willa never loves me that's fine kind of thing um so yeah there is something just very sad about this whole arc with connor and and roman as being definitely out of the three siblings the one that cares the most is like come on guys we should be here for connor and and they go out to a cat well first of all they want to go to a bar a regular uh, a, a real people's, people's bar. bar where he orders <laughs> a belgian white bear <laughs> yeah but not a hoe garden because that's for peasants oh it's so good when connor says <laughs> i want to go to a real bar with chicks and guys who work with their hands and have grease <laughs> on their hands and blood in their hair <laughs> connor what what do you think people do for work (laughs) go to bars it's so good and then roman replies by saying something like it sounds like a medical experiment gone wrong yeah i don't want to have with these people it's so good (laughs) romans by the way can we just stay on roman for a second because as he always has great lines yeah but in this episode in particular there were so many scenes of him just mumbling (laughs) great one-liners and People are talking over him, so he's like not particularly talking to anyone, but he's like, Oh, I wonder where these wings came from. Perhaps a mammal. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and I love just FYI as well. There's a throwaway conversation that we sort of distantly hear between Kendall and Roman, where he's like, Who are you gonna um, enjoy never having to speak to again after this deal goes through? <laughs> and Roman's like, Frank. Uh, who else does he say is like Hugo, Frank, Carl? Yeah. You know, it's so good. Exactly. All the executive flackings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Roman has just my- always hated since day one hasn't he it's yes. so good and my favorite as well is when Ro- they're re-watching Carrie's uh, news reading <laughs> yeah. slot and Ro- and they're playing it on repeat and Roman is like oh, play it again push the button push the button <laughs> yeah so good so good yeah Roman as ever just absolute joy to watch throughout this whole episode yeah yeah I mean but Connor as well is like you know he sits there throughout their conversation about the the deal which by the way shiv smartly or in a slightly dickish move is like yeah connor we're just gonna have two just us separately shiv is the one who literally could not give she could not give less of a fuck about connor his wedding about making him feel isolated and he is very much so you know Mm -hmm. this is probably one of the two big connor scenes together with the intervention scene in season three where he's like no i'm I'm a Roy and nobody considers me a Roy. I don't count mm-hmm. at all for anyone. And there's a throwaway line that I think Kendall says in their conversation with Logan in the karaoke where he's like, Connor, dad has been ignoring Connor his entire life and put his mother in a, <sighs> yeah, you know, put his mother mental away institution. Or yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. So it's like, he's just been not quite a part of this family like really you know participating in the riches and all of that mm-hmm. but he doesn't count mm-hmm. and the one time he's allowed at the table and maybe this is why he doesn't count <laughs> one time he's allowed at the table he fucking snitches to logan straight away mm-hmm. straight away mm-hmm. you know what connor maybe this is why you don't get invited to the party okay <laughs> i know i know uh yeah but the, the, I, I, but also I sort of see where Connor's coming from in this, and I love that he's really transparent about it. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about this. You know, it's, it's, he's funny. I, he's so different to his sneaky siblings, isn't he? He's so mm-hmm. the polar opposite to them. He's just so unabashedly himself in everything Connor says and everything he does, right? Um, for better or worse. But yeah, I loved this whole scene, and then I loved his kind of pleading with them to take him to a karaoke bar. We get to that amazing sequence where he's singing. I think he's singing Leonard Cohen, sadly, while Roman just sits there with his head on a table. Just like Roman is having the worst night imaginable for Roman, right? It's Seriously. So good. <laughs> Seriously, Connor, I think that is probably the saddest song choice yeah. for any karaoke ever. <laughs> like, my guy, I don't know. Anything else, anything. I really was, when we were watching the episode for the first time, we were considering, it was like, oh, what is he going to play? Mm-hmm. And I really thought he was going to play something really cheesy, but kind of corny <laughs> in an inspiring kind of way, like a Journey song yes. or something. Yes. No, no, the saddest song of all time. He threatened the Eagles a couple of times as well, didn't he? But he yeah. went in with he went in with Leonard Cohen. And karaoke is, I think that's what's brilliant about it, because karaoke is a scenario that can be quite sad, right? I mean, we've all had fun yes. karaoke nights, and then we've had other nights in those sorts of rooms where the, the atmosphere is a bit flat 
and you mm-hmm. you sort of awkwardly all sit there watching somebody sing something badly and and, and you're kind of like what are we doing like, karaoke is such a weird environment i think isn't it for so many ways like you all sit together in this weird little enclosed room and one of you sings something probably not very well and everyone just kind of sits and watches it's like a very strange thing when you think about it and i love that this huge drama moment between this family yes. happens in a karaoke booth it's hilarious also with the pink lighting with the weird white circular sofa so and also the, just the weirdness of Logan coming into that karaoke yeah. booth space yeah. where he's just walking through the court he doesn't touch any single door <laughs> his yeah. his best pal opens the door for him and just seeing them have this conversation about the the future of this major corporation mm. the fucking karaoke booth I love it. What do you think of this showdown then? We've talked a little bit about Logan and the way he is kind of slightly more kind of like, he's a bit more apologetic. He knows what he's doing. Shiv and Kendall feel like they are relishing the opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? To absolutely go for him. Like they are getting like turned on by this scenario, right? Where they've got their dad humiliated in a karaoke booth and they're just laying into him, you know, Shiv saying, you know, you think you're this, you're a ga- you're a human gaslight. Yeah. Kendall, like, reeling through everything that he's done to their kids. You used to hit Rome as a kid. You ignored Connor. You know, like, they are having the best time, aren't they? Just telling yeah. him what they think. And Ken even says, after Logan leaves the room, it's like, oh, I didn't even get enough. That could have gone on for so much longer. Yeah. And, I mean, this is their undoing, right? Is yeah. that this is all they want. This is literally all they want. Yeah. They really are just so consumed by their relationship with Logan. I was going to say the word hate, but I don't think they hate him. I think they need him. I think they want him to either continue slapping them around mm-hmm. or to continue being a part of their lives so they have something to fight against. Because they, you know, Logan throws this away in the first episode when one line where he says Shiv hasn't had a single original idea in her in her life. Mm. And I think this kind of applies to all of them. Maybe yeah. maybe more to Kendall and Shiv, where there's like without Logan, they have nothing to do. They don't have anything to fight for or towards. They don't have anything that they want to build. Mm-hmm. All they can do is have this little toxic dancey dance with their dad over and over and over again. Yeah. It's what defines them. And Shiv, again, you know, not to fawn all over Sarah Snook, but she does have this like trembling anger in her voice when she talks to Logan. Because again, she is smart enough to see what he's doing, but she's not smart enough or not self-aware enough to see what she is doing and how that's feeding into his you know manipulation of her yeah the fact that she's so so angry about the lawyers she's so angry about everything that he said about the way that she was treated at waystar as well but instead of actually doing something to take herself out of it and make herself happy she's just like wants to go back into it she wants to have the out with him and logan just does not speak emotions Mm -hmm. he just doesn't he talks business but he is incapable and most importantly, unwilling to speak emotions. Mm. So they will fundamentally never get what they want from him. Yeah, never. And they will never and should never trust what he says. So the fact, this is why I was you know, saying at the beginning, it's like, why they're so fucking dumb. It's like they keep going back for something that they know they will never get. So they're having two separate conversations in this karaoke booth, right? Mm-hmm. They're having an emotional conversation. Logan is having a strategic business conversation. Yeah, it's so true. Logan wants at least one of them to side with him for the vote because he cares about the sale. And they want their dad to apologize for being a shitty dad. Yeah. And this is it. And Logan is ultimately... And this is what's funny is that I guess it's the same as last week and this week. It ends in a place where technically the siblings have quote unquote won. Like they think they've got one over on their dads. They think they've just done something smart to screw him over. 
and you just know that as with last week they end up you know where they end up is for anyone watching is like you're fucking idiots you know absolute idiots and yeah i think logan has succeeded there in saying very little and have them yell at him for 10 minutes in that booth in kind of getting exactly what he wants which is that he is Mm. dividing those siblings again he's tearing them apart he's lured roman over potentially to his side with that encounter right and it's yeah it's uh it's a great it's weird because in some ways you know Logan is such a monster and for so much of the show that's kind of what I've wanted to see is Shiv and Kendall uh, uh, you know and Roman in theory as a united front telling their dad Mm -hmm. what a monster he is but then when we finally see it play out it is just it's it's wholly unsatisfying in a way where you just think you're idiots now I'm kind of rooting for Logan so it's it's such an interesting dynamic isn't it the way this this show kind of progresses in that way and the thing is you know Logan is not wrong where he tells them I love you, but you're not serious people. Yes. He's not wrong. They do not know how to do anything. (laughs) They do not know or even understand why they're trying to make this deal implode. Mm -hmm. And he even tells him, it's like, deals will just, you know, run away until, Mm -hmm. until they're signed. Like, yeah, sure. You've got this amazing deal. Is it inked? No, it can disappear. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It does not, it's not like an honor bound thing that doesn't exist anymore. So he's like, you are just messing something up, but what for? And exactly. they're like, oh, you know, we'll get more money. But honestly, what, a hundred mil more? How, like, does that even, that's pennies. It's pennies. That's pennies to them compared to how much they're paying out you know, for Pierce and that kind of thing. Yeah. And also they must know that actually what they're doing, especially, well, Kendall literally does know because he was told by Matson, but they must know that Mm -hmm. they're not going to get this extra money. They are just going to ruin the deal. Right. So yeah, it is purely emotional reasons. That Mm. they're not going to get it. I think Shiv does not know because Shiv is, Shiv doesn't have a direct relationship with Matson. So she Mm. hasn't spoken to him and she's once again, once again, making the mistake of thinking that no one is as smart as she is. Yeah. And that no that people will only behave in the way that she expects them to mm-hmm. without her actually spending the time to understand how those people whose behavior she's predicting actually make moves. And Logan does that brilliant masterful manipulation with Roman at the end where he looks at Roman and he goes, we know what they're like, like as in like the other two. And he sort of says, we know, you know, as if it's like, it's more like Logan and Roman are one and the same and the other two are the dopes, right? And it's, yeah, it's, he knows exactly what to say. So it ends with Logan storming out of this karaoke bar, very angry. And he's like, right, we're going to delay the board meeting. We're going to, you know, halt this from happening happening uh and and he i I thought was interesting as well he says i want a a meeting with lucas tomorrow with mattson tomorrow and he's well i think he says i want tom carl frank there no jerry he's very specifically says no jerry because already he stopped trusting jerry right he thinks jerry has gone over to mattson's side basically honestly i am offended okay So at the start of the episode, he also has a dig at Jerry. He's like, oh, are you on, you're wearing the Viking hat already, Jerry? <laughs> First know. of all, if you're getting a new CEO that looks like Alexander Skarsgård, everyone's putting on the fucking Viking hat. Okay? We'd all wear that We'd Viking hat. We'd all wear that hat. <laughs> but yeah. the other point being is like, like every, every season, he's like, oh, there's no one more loyal than Jerry. Once it comes mm. time to cut heads, he's like, fuck Jerry, fire Jerry. Slightest inconvenience. I'm like, okay, Logan, you know what? Give your girl a break. Oh, he's okay? awful. He's awful to Jerry because, com- especially compared to these other sniveling men around him, like Carl and Frank mm-hmm. and and um, Hugo. Yeah, it's <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you there, Mike, but I just had a flashback to the scene of Hugo laughing at Carrie's <laughs> tape and then having to use his laptop for a presentation in front of Logo. <laughs> I was like, I was like, unplug the HDMI cable, open your laptop, close it, and then plug the HDMI cable in. What are you doing, Hugo? 
Yeah. <laughs> Were you just screaming HDMI? Yeah, I really was. TV. I really was. I was like, just unplug it. Just unplug it. Um, yeah, it was great. And, and it, oh God, Hugo's awful, isn't he? The way that Logan's like, what were you laughing at? And he's like, oh, Jerry, Jerry said something amusing. Just like tries to throw Jerry under the bus immediately. Oh my God. Well. And Logan immediately says, or, you know, does a face that's like, Jerry's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. But yeah, poor Jerry. Poor Jerry. I mean, like, maybe he assumes, you know, Jerry's, you know, mantra is how is this in my best interests, right? Yes. And maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe Jerry is already thinking, now I need to be loyal to Matson. Maybe that is in my best interest. Who knows? Who knows at this point? Because we haven't Listen. really, we haven't spent much time with Jerry so far this season. We don't know what I she's know. thinking. I'm yeah. very disappointed about that. I want to yeah. know how her and Laurie are doing. Yeah. I want to know if she's, st- if she's still getting texted dick pics by Roman. <laughs> yeah. I want to exactly. know what she thinks of Matson. Why doesn't Jerry retire? Just get a nice chunk of change and leave and go hang out mm-hmm. with Laurie or Roman or whoever. Ugh. I just want the best for Jerry. I know, right? Justice for Jerry. Um, well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm so excited that next week, so early on in the season, we're going to get, I feel like it's going to be a big one, right? We've got Connor's mm-hmm. wedding slash potentially this deal with Matson either going through or completely falling apart. What are your thoughts yes. and predictions for next week? I mean... I cannot wait for Connor's wedding. I want to see what the hell is happening there because there's there's two conflicting ideas of the wedding that we've heard, like a nice one that Willa wants and a big press event for Connor's campaign. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably going to earn the side of Connor and it's going to be horrific. Yes. Cannot wait. Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. I think there's going to be some... Roman has a decision to make. I think we're going to get a physical appearance by Skarsgård, which will be fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll be fabulous. And there will be like a decision made between Gojo and Waystar. And I really, really hope. And again, you know, we haven't seen beyond the second episode, so we don't we don't know what's going to happen. I really think that the sale is going to go through. I hope it does. Yeah. I think it will. I think it yeah. will. And I think the rift between the sibs will happen again. But I really, really hope that it's not Roman goes back with Logan. I really hope it's not just that because that will be a little bit repetitive. Yeah. So I hope it's something different. It's that thing. And we talked about this with season three where like it, it it's it's dramatically maybe sometimes that feels less satisfying whereas thematically it kind of makes sense I think you know like Mm. I think Roman leaving and ending up back with his dad is probably what I would believe to happen at this point however you're right like I don't necessarily want to watch that happen it's that weird kind of push-pull with this show and I do think more and more now that is this show going to end in a really sad way which is essentially just like all of this family are torn apart. Maybe they are all doing their own thing, thinking that they've won in their own way. You know, Roman is at ATN, maybe Shiv is at Pierce, I don't know, whatever, Kendall is somewhere else. And But they have no family, they have no relationships, they have no connection with each other anymore, basically. Like, I mm. wonder, you know, they've all basically sold their families out for power and a bit of money or something. I don't know. It could easily be that. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens next week because I feel like it's going to be a big explosive episode. Another Roy wedding. Another Roy wedding. So there you go. Uh, Let's finish with a few final quickfire questions and thoughts on this episode. Anna, who was your winner of this episode? Who was your MVP? I'm going to go with Tom. Yeah. He wasn't that much. He wasn't that present in this episode, but he got one over Shiv. He's still very in with Logan. And he passed over the very awkward task of telling Carrie that she ain't getting a slot on the news to Greg. He is the master of knowing when to delegate downwards, isn't he, Tom? He is the master oh, of it. He's the, God, he's the ultimate middle management guy, isn't he, Tom? And Tom, by the way, also got one over Sid, who's the head of news at ATN, where he's like, yeah, she's not around much when it's opera season. Yes. And that's it. So Logan says at the end, Sid's toast. Sid's toast. Yeah. 
That little fucker. I know. Unbelievable. So, such a sneaky little slime ball, isn't he? I think I agree with you because there's certainly no winning party at the in the in the main Roy family. Like all three of these siblings have made absolutely awful decisions. Connor is at maybe his lowest point and Logan is really in deep water too. So I feel like none of them are winning (laughs) at this point in time. It's got to be Tom, hasn't it? It's got to be Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's the saddest? Who's the saddest uh, Roy member at the end of this episode? Oh, it has to be Shiv, doesn't it? I think she's so angry and sad at her dad, at Tom, at herself. Yeah. I think for me it's her. What about you? I think it's I think it's Connor maybe for me. Oh, yeah. Poor Connor. <laughs> although although he has a sort of sweet ending in bed with Willa at the very end I suppose yeah. which is nice but tinged with this sadness of he basically knows that she doesn't really love him or want to marry him and he's going to go through it anyway because he doesn't need love. And it's like, oh, Connor, you poor little little weirdo, you. (laughs) You poor little cactus. (laughs) You poor little cactus. Um, We've already talked about some great lines in this episode, but do you have any other favourite memorable quotes or lines? I do. I need to get into character. Amazing. You want to be my dad's little bitch boy? Then deliver him a message, bitch boy. Tell him to fuck off and get out of my life. Oh, oh my God, Sarah Snook. I know. I loved Seriously. it. I loved it. And also her performance is so good because I, she even says fuck off in the way that her dad says fuck off. Yes. Fuck off yes. and get out of my life. It's so good. <gasps> so good. What about you? Did you have any other standouts? Oh my God, there were so many. I love Roman saying, stop treating me like you're John and Paul and I'm fucking George he's like I'm John you're Ringo you're Yoko and then he points to Connor and goes he's still Connor but he won having a drink with us at an auction (laughs) so before we come back next week with another episode of the successionistas where can we find more of your work online mike uh yeah you can find me on twitter at the movie mike i've got a horror podcast called the evolution of horror which you can find wherever you get your podcasts um anna and i have a scream podcast called hello sydney which you can get wherever you get your podcasts and you can find me also on Twitter and Instagram at Anna B. Demented. I post everything I write and do over there. You can listen to my horror film history podcast, The Final Girls, uh, and listen to our new release reviews over on The Final Girls Patreon. You can also pre-order my book where I talk quite a lot about Shiv. And I was made to cut several pages of talking about Shiv from the book. <laughs> Unbelievable. I know, truly disgusting. But that's called (laughs) Unlikable Female Characters That Women Pop Culture Wants You to Hate. You can pre-order that everywhere. And you can hear me and Mike talk about the Scream movies over at Hello Sydney with our mutual friend Louise Blaine. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening and join us again next week for another explosive episode of The Succession Easters. Fuck off.